Whenever I think of you, I'm eating peanuts, you know, beer nuts. Yeah. And, uh, well, we've, we've got the, uh, the guy here for us. He's a Seamus award finalist and, uh, winner of two Claymore awards and his, uh, book he's going to be reading from is called Big Fat. Oh my. Yeah. Jimmy Cooper mystery number one. It was released in May of 2021. So tell us, Lawrence Allen, what's, what's this going on with you down here? <laughs> well, you know, I'm also enjoying the beer nuts, which coincidentally are made in my hometown of Bloomington Normal, Illinois. So I'm going to read from the first chapter of the book. So it's about Jimmy Cooper. He is a former child star and recovering addict who gets a second shot at fame as a famous private detective in L.A. And this chapter is what happens is the event that brings him back into the public eye. Fantastic. Well, I'm looking forward to it. So go for it. It was a weekend afternoon in L.A., so traffic wasn't terrible, just bad. A case of mine had taken an unexpected turn, and I nervously gripped the wheel of my beloved blue Toyota as I chased a black Ford sedan west on Venice Boulevard. Three LAPD cruisers were behind us with their sirens screaming, and I was making a phone call. Over in West Hollywood, Mo picked up on the third ring. He's my neighbor, someone I can rely on, which is great because at that moment, I needed his help. Jimmy, what's going on? He was bright and cheerful, probably lounging on his couch and isobiscus tea in hand, fending off the summer heat. You have to turn on Channel 5. There's a chase on. It's amazing. I glanced into the sky. There was a police chopper, and behind that, Channel 5's eye in the sky. I turned my attention back to the Ford in front of me and tightened my grip on the wheel. Uh, yeah, it's me. I'm in the chase. And it all felt somehow familiar. Mo's voice tightened. Why is he chasing you? What did you do? I'm chasing him. Why in the hell are you doing that? That was a legit question on Mo's part. I do have a history of making bad decisions. Before I could justify this as work-related, the Ford made a sharp left. I did the same, barely making it through the intersection as a couple of cars slammed on their brakes. The cops did the responsible thing and slowed down, taking their time. Show-offs. I need you to do me a solid. I need you to call my mom. Mo was silent. Are you high right now? On pills? That's when the neurons locked into place, and I remembered why this felt familiar. More than a few years ago, after I had cratered my acting career, I had led the police on a slow-speed chase through the Hollywood Hills while on a combination of booze and painkillers. I really wanted some tacos, and I knew I shouldn't have been behind the wheel, so I decided the responsible thing to do was to drive really slowly. However, when you ignore every stop sign and stop light, you're still a traffic hazard. The whole thing ended with my crashing, if you could use that word, into a grapefruit tree and becoming a viral clip on YouTube for about three months. No, I'm not. I licked my lips. I hadn't realized how much I was sweating. High-speed chases are terrifying. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. This is totally work-related. Jimmy, Mo used his dad voice, let the cops handle it. He was probably right. I can't. I had to see this through to the end. This elderly Korean couple, Mr. and Mrs. Lee, had hired me because a pushy guy kept coming around wanting to buy a painting they had. It was sentimental to them. Their only son, who had passed away, had given it to them. But maybe for the right price, they'd be willing to part with it. After all, they had their twilight years to think of. They called me because they were getting nervous. The guy seemed desperate, and they wanted to know if he was legit. Spoilers, he wasn't. When we confronted him, he took off with the painting and drove. That's when I decided to do right by them and set off in pursuit. Like I said, I wasn't always known for making good decisions. 
Just call my mom, I told Mo. I'm going to need a lawyer. The Ford was heading toward a park. You stop the car, Mo ordered. Let the cops handle it. You call your mom. The Ford stopped at the park with smoking tires, bumping up against the curb. Families started to scatter. The driver jumped out of the car and headed into the park. In his left arm was the painting, still framed. How dare you! She told me I couldn't call her anymore if I got into trouble. I slammed my brakes, sliding to a stop next to the Ford. Over the years, I had seriously pushed my luck with her, and now that I was working at her firm, she would prefer that I kept my nose clean. Don't get out of the car. Don't get out of the car, begged Mo, his voice rising higher. I got out of the car. Call my mom, I shouted before tossing the cell into the seat and running after the driver. I'm five foot seven, a scrappy one fifty, but I'm not what you call a natural runner. Sure, I can put one foot in front of another, but it's awkward and has resulted in me getting caught while my faster friends got away. The driver had reached the edge of the park, tossed the painting over the fence, and was now struggling to follow it. He looked like a high school football player who had gone soft. He was about forty years old and wore a decent brown suit, the kind you get at a mall with a white button-down shirt and cheap shoes. That was my first clue about this guy. Never trust cheap shoes. The guy stopped trying to hop the fence, reached into his coat, and pulled out a gun. Looked like a semi-automatic something. I don't know. Guns aren't my thing. But I knew what they could do, and he was pointing this one at me. I stumbled to a stop and put my hands in the air. Whoa, 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 I said. The black metal of the gun glinted in the sunlight. I hadn't expected this. This was a guy who couldn't keep a job for more than six months. He was the sort to buy the first round, max out his credit cards, and be the last one to leave the party. He was desperate, but nothing in his life said he was hold someone at gunpoint desperate. Guess I overlooked something. He spoke through clenched teeth. This is how things are going to go. I frowned. Was this guy serious? Did he not see the cops? The chopper? What made him think he was in charge? Drop the weapon now! Three cops, weapons drawn, were approaching from behind, step by step, moving as one, with me stuck in the middle. The perfect place to be killed in a crossfire. I wondered this was how I was going to go out. Would it look good? Would I look good as my body was riddled with bullets like when Sonny got it in The Godfather? Jesus, what was I thinking? That's a terrible way to go. I turned to the cops, hands still high in the air. My heart pounded in my chest. Or was that the helicopters that hovered over us? I could see the other cops clearing out the park, kids clutching their parents' chests, strollers rolling away, and the yellow tape coming out. Guys, let's be cool, okay? I said to the three cops with the guns. No one wants to get shot here. The driver took that moment to look round, and one of the cops decided to take a step forward. The driver gripped his weapon and aimed it at her. All around me, the tension rammed up as the cops stopped moving and squared up, ready to pull their triggers. Hey, 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 let's not escalate, I shouted. The cops checked in with each other, wondering if they should listen to this. Oh, my. I was really hoping they would, because my plan was to not have this case end in a shooting. I was thinking I could talk the guy down. In my previous life as an actor, I had been really charming, and during my downward spiral into drugs, I got away with so much because I could spin around, studio execs, my agent, my friends, and even my family with words. The guy with the gun, he was about to get the Jimmy Cooper treatment. I took a deep breath and told him, Okay, just so you know, they might shoot you, live, on TV. I pointed up to the Channel 5 chopper. Is that how you want to go down? The driver swallowed hard. Do you have a mom or a dad? I, uh, I got both, he replied. Okay, great. Nuclear family. Some people are, are lucky that way. Now, just imagine how they would feel watching you get shot. The driver looked at the cops, who were keeping their eyes trained on him. I leaned into his field of vision and gave him my best encouraging smile, hoping to give him that extra nudge toward making the right choice. 
Finally, the driver dropped his gun and raised his arms in surrender. I started breathing again. Two cops swarmed him, taking him to the ground with shouting and grunts. I watched the handcuffs come out. That's when I felt the third cop grab my right arm and twist. As pain shot up into my shoulder, I asked to no one in particular, What the f- How dare you? I tried to repeat my query, but I was being thrown to the ground. Dude, I gasped, looking up over my shoulder at the cop. I'm the good guy! Fantastic. That's great. That's great. Now, I have to ask, where where did you draw this character from in your life? Uh, oh, that's a, that's a great question. I, I thought of this idea of a child star as a private detective. I was on a plane trying, in my previous life, I was trying to break into television, and I was trying to write a new pilot, and I was trying to think of a good idea. I couldn't come up with a good idea, so I started asking myself, well, what, what's a bad idea? What would be an idea that would get me thrown out of a meeting, that would get me, that, that they would, like, talk about in the break room? It's like, can you believe this guy pitched this idea to me? And I thought about, oh, it'd be hilarious to pitch a former child star as a private detective. Because I love, like, detective shows from the 80s. And so I was like, oh, that'd be funny. But then I couldn't stop thinking about the idea, so it just kept coming back to me. So Jimmy himself is just a mishmash of my own um, anxieties and hang-ups and weird perspective on life and all the child actors that have ever been and who've crashed and burned and survived and stuff like that. Yeah, we met a lot of them. Yeah. Well... Well, thank you. That's thank great. You. And we look forward to seeing you at the uh, Left Coast Crime in Seattle as well this year. Super excited.